I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, everybody. I could not be more pumped up for Tech Vibe Radio. Audrey, come on. This could be our coolest show. It is going to be our coolest show in the 10 years we've been doing Tech Vibe Radio. I know. It's actually more than 10 years now, like 10 years in a couple months. Well, for you. For you. But and not for me. Almost. You'll be 10 years in a few more months mm-hmm. as far as that goes. But anyhow, we figured, Audrey, you know, we, we like to get clever sometimes, right? We like to turn the tables when we can. We figured this would be a fun time for us to explore what's happened on Tech Vibe Radio over the past 10 years. But also, what's happened over the past 10 years that you've been the CEO of the Tech Council? Wait, what about you? And what happened I, I to the last me? 20 years, exactly, dude? Exactly, exactly. So the okay. last 20 years of me... And I was like, Audrey, who can we have interview us? And you were quick to the draw. Woohoo! Who, do, who we do we have here? Yeah, baby. Oh. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Should we interview now or interview later? Uh, <laughs> and we have with us Dave Mastovich. So, Dave, you're, you're developing a, a cult following with your podcast, the No BS. You've nope. been doing no BS marketing show. No BS marketing show. We've had some tremendous guests, and yes. one of them's to my right. She was fantastic. Exactly. So much fun. And then I heard the interview, fun. and I was like, "Man, this guy knows what he's doing behind really a mic. Great. Like, this is the guy we need to have come and and, and right. talk to us. And you ask us the questions. That's what I like to do. Yeah. So are we going to flip the tables right now? In a minute, a minute. We got to have Dave talk about his credentials, like why he's actually. <laughs> it's not just us saying why he's great. He's got to tell us why he's great, and then we'll turn the tables. Let's talk about all those things over the past 10 years of Tech Vibe, 10 years of Audrey shaking up the PTC, and 20 years of me being a stick in the mud. So, uh-huh. yes, I digress. So, so, Dave, tell us about yourself real quick and what got you into podcasting and marketing and all that kind of good stuff. Sure. Well, I run a marketing company called Mass Solutions. It's based in Gateway Towers, and we also have an office in the central part of the state. But my background is uh, senior-level marketing roles at places like UPMC, Duquesne University, wow. and a couple of others. Throughout my career, I've done a lot of speaking and probably about three or four years ago, started thinking about how to build it more into a platform. And the platform includes the No BS Marketing blog, No BS Marketing podcast, keynotes and workshops. I just got back from, I was in, uh, did a workshop in Atlanta with a group of CEOs on Tuesday. Then Thursday did another workshop for a group of CEOs. Then Friday did a keynote for a health uh, conference. So doing more wow. and more of these no You're getting BS, around. Yes, a little bit. Doing more and more of these no BS marketing. All in Atlanta. Stuff. Well, Atlanta and Miami. So. Oh, yeah. nice, nice. It's if I hear that you're going to open up another office down there, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I just for the excuse to go down there and like be in the sunshine when it's February, right? Well, it was even better. About a month ago, I spoke in L.A., and that's always really fun too. Okay. So that trip, I somehow managed to make sure that I took. Did you do that at like at Muscle Beach? Me. It was interesting. Yeah, I stayed at Venice, so my two of my sons went with me. 
And they went to Muscle Beach. Yes, they did. Yeah. My youngest played basketball on the court where White Man Can't Jump was filmed. Nice. Mm-hmm. Now, he wouldn't know that. He doesn't even know what that is, but I forced him to watch the video. Oh, <laughs> good. Yeah, that's a requirement. He shouldn't yeah. have been allowed to go there without watching it. Exactly. So we're going to pass the baton? So Yeah, so let, 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 let's set some expectations for our listeners. What are you going to be talking about tonight? I'm going to ask you a bunch of open-ended questions okay. because you've got the milestone of 10 years of the radio show, 10 years of Pittsburgh's greatest leader. Wow. Did you pay him to say wow, that? Wow, that's crazy. Man, unsolicited. She's, like she's, she's awesome, man. Absolutely. And then, of course, 20 years that's right. of one of the greatest voices of tech. Ooh, mm-hmm. I like that, man. So we're going to go okay. down that path. Well, let's get started then. Let's, let's, let's get the show on the road, man. Well, well, the first question is, what made you do the radio show? I'll tell you what, total mistake. <laughs> no kidding, kidding, kidding. No, it happened by surprise. So check this out. This was 2007, and uh, so the PTC. One of the key things that we do is put out publications. We have our, we have our TEQ magazine and our Maiden PA magazine. And uh, I had a gentleman from KQV who had, I guess, reads our publications, and he called me and had asked, "Have you ever thought about taking your magazine to the airwaves?" And I was like, "What?" I, it never occurred to me, like, I have never was a huge fan of talk radio or anything like that, but the idea of, like, well, we interview people all the time for the magazine, why don't we interview them on air? I'm like, that'd be kind of cool, and it was KQV, and it was pr- relatively inexpensive, it was like a marketing cost, and we thought, we'll give it a gamble and see what it was, but I had no idea about what it would mean to host a radio show and, like, set things up and you know, try to make it interesting and everything like that, and and so uh, I was like, well, let's just give it a shot and see what happened. How how bad could it possibly be? All I remember was two weeks before the show, I did some karaoke at the uh, recovery room to kind of practice my public speaking, and uh, <laughs> it's, it didn't work very well. <laughs> so you did radio before I came to the tech council, just for a few months. That's what was so interesting, months, right? right? It was so. So the, the the show debuted in March, if I remember uh, right. correctly, of 2007. Right. And you came in October right. of 2007, and you joined the show in, I believe, December right. of 2007. Because it was really awesome, because I remember, like, you were one of my guests to interview. It was like, right. whoa, i got to, like, interview the new CEO of the Tech Council, right. the place where I work here, right? <laughs> and so you came in. I remember we, I, I, wish, I wish I could find this interview. I was looking all over for this interview. Oh, my Audrey, gosh. You can't find I, it? I couldn't find it. I did find a couple interviews from really early in the days. Maybe we'll play some snippets from right. it in a little bit. But I was pumped because you brought like all this energy to the show. Because because right. you told me you know my passion is being on the on the radio. I know. And you brought up the Nightbird. <laughs> right. Allison Steele. Allison Steele. The Nightbird exactly. from WNEW FM. <laughs> I was like, whoa, this is interesting. I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, this would be great because I was like, I get really nervous like hosting a show by myself. Right. It's like you know, it's like. It's just, it's all on mm-hmm. you. And I thought, right. wait a second, here's someone that A, is pumped, B, is like my boss. Right. C, is like going to be, be able to think about things that I'm not thinking right. about. And whoever sees a dynamic where you have two people, like the CEO right. and like their, their communications guy, like kind of right. like going back and forth. So I was like, we got to try this thing. And we had too much fun from we the had, get-go. We had that, fun. That, it, it was just one of these things where people have asked me, like, how come you've been to the tech council for 20 years? I'm like, because I've done tech vibe for 10. So what was it like? At the beginning, let's talk about two things. Yeah. First, before Audrey, so you had three, four, five months when you were just doing it yourself. Yeah. Do you recall the first couple of shows and how nervous Dude. you were or anything oh. like that? So nervous, so nervous. So my first interview was our old CEO that Audrey replaced. 
Okay. And this guy had a great way of staring daggers at you the entire time, just making you feel like you're a complete idiot. Now, I know I'm an idiot most of the time, but you don't want to, you don't want everyone else thinking that you're an idiot, right? So the entire time he's just looking at me, just like, screw up, screw up, screw up. And it was just, it was a shaky interview, put it to you that way. It was a shaky interview. But they got better. But it's still one of those things where it, it takes a it takes a little bit of uh, a boom to get up there and try to, you know, be entertaining and try to be, you know, engaging as far as it is. As you know, like it's, you just can't just sit there and just talk. You got to really keep the conversation rolling. So so the first show had the previous CEO as guest. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and it was tough. I had to do like five retakes on the intro because I just kept stumbling over myself. Really? And we never do retakes. Was, no, we're straight through. We never like do I retakes. Said. Isn't that interesting? It's like Audrey and I feel like it's like it's like it's like peanut butter right. and jelly. It just goes right. together. I like well, it. Well, that was the next question I was going to ask you. Even though Audrey's different than mm-hmm. the previous boss, still a little bit different when you're doing the show with your boss. So mm-hmm. how does that right. flow? And yeah, have... we got about twenty seconds, and we'll, we'll come back to this in, in, uh, after the break. But the difference is. Audrey is a boss of someone that treats you as a human being and cares, mm-hmm. and she really wants to see you succeed, where other people maybe didn't want to see you succeed necessarily, mm-hmm. or they weren't interested in your success. Where I think Audrey right. is very interested in right. everyone's success at the tech councils. Right. So that, to me, has been the big difference, and we'll, we'll kind of leave it at that, because we'll come right back after this break with more Tech Vibe Radio with Dave Masvit from Mass Solutions turning the tables on us as he interviews us about 10 years of Tech Vibe, 10 years of Audrey. And 20 years of me. This is Jonathan Kirshning. And this is Audrey Russo. And I'm Dave Mastovich. Right back after this quick break and learn about the Pittsburgh Technology Council at pghtech.org. Thanks for keeping your dial tuned right here to Tech Vibe Radio. As we said, we have turned the tables. This is Jonathan Kirshning. Audrey Russo. And we got Dave Mastovich here. That's right. I'm taking over. Stop. All right. All Stop. right. It's your show. It's your show. Just you're, please don't hurt us. You're done, Jonathan. Here are the keys. But I am going to come back to you. So absolutely, you, absolutely. So you're celebrating a huge anniversary. I am. 20 years. 20 years. Take us all the way back to your first day, week, month on the job. I what can. you remember the September most? September 17th. It was a bright, shiny morning. And I was really pumped because I was like, wow, I have a job that's going to pay me benefits. I have a job that's going to give me a bonus if we do well that gives us the week off between christmas and i didn't really know much about pittsburgh's tech sector not a whole lot just i knew there's some tech companies but didn't really think that it was now one third of pittsburgh's economy anyhow so i remember my my first day i show up and i was hired as 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 a copy editor right so i had this one job to do was just read all the magazines and uh, write some articles, stuff like that. It was pretty, pretty, pretty linear, one, one, one dimensional. But I was excited because I was just twenty five years old. And, and this is nineteen ninety seven, right? Nineteen ninety seven, man. And I remember like OK Computer was ready to come out, and Radiohead was kind of you know making me happy. But anyhow, I digress. So my first day of work, I show up and I get to go to lunch with my boss. And she Cordell thinks, Stewart was quarterback. Cordell Stewart slash was wow, quarterback. My daughter was six. Your daughter was six, Audrey. That's crazy. <laughs> you were ten years away from uh, coming. Uh, to the PTC HQ and making things right, for, for, for lack of a better term. I didn't even live in Pittsburgh. Though. At that point. No, you were no. close to coming to Pittsburgh at that point. No, I was like three years away. Three years yeah. away. Okay. Three, three years, away. years away. So my first day of work, I knew I was in for a good time. Uh, we went to lunch with a, a company uh, called Cerebellum. I can't remember exactly what they did at the time, to tell you the truth. But it was a company run by two kids from Carnegie Mellon. They were a couple years younger than me. I remember they were like 21 and 22. And I was like, oh, my goodness, you have this company and you got people working for you and people have given you money to grow this company. I was like, this is just 
and these guys were like wicked smart and i was just like amazed like i was kind of honored to be hanging out with these folks like yeah this is kind of like high rolling news i thought it was just so exciting that this was going to be my job was going to be writing about these companies and, and everything like that so i got really pumped about it and i remember just being stoked that like wow there's something going on here i didn't think i'd be there 20 years i didn't know if i'd be there five years right it feels like maybe i've been to, at the council for five years but in 20, I've just seen so many things change and right. just seen so many people just make some money. I've seen people lose money and I've just seen the industry itself just grow. Well, he's seen big. people like start out of their garage and build companies and have exits, which is pretty fascinating. With uh, good liquidity. Good liquidity. Exits. I mean, so. Case in point is like Vivisimo. Vivisimo. This is, yeah. I, this, I will always remember this because I remember meeting with Raul Valdez Perez, the founder, and this was before he actually started the company. He, had the, he was going to license the technology he was working on at Carnegie Mellon to do enterprise search. So this was like around 2000, I think it was. I can't, like, mm-hmm. my dates can get a little fuzzy over 20 years. It was around 2000, and it was like Google for searching things not on the web, but in people's databases, like the... Library of mm-hmm. Congress. I was like, right. that's interesting. Hmm. And so I, I thought it was a pretty novel concept. I remember we, we kind of wrote about it in the magazine, and, and we saw him start the company, and he had 10 people working for him, and they were on Beechwood Avenue um, in this, like, house. I remember visiting them, like, a year later, and there's like, 20 people, like, crammed into this small house. And the company got, every year, I think every year I'd come back and, like, write a story about what they were doing because it was always changing and growing. And I remember at one point saying, you know, Raul, I ride my bicycle past your, your place around Beachwood like probably 10 times a week. I'm an avid cyclist, and I always ride up Beachwood as part of my many rides. I'm like, you need a sign out there that says Vivisimo, that says, like, great stuff's going on in here. Like, you just need to be, you know, proud. He's like, ah, oh, we don't need a sign. I'm like, yes, you do. You need a sign. A couple years later, he moves into the building in Squirrel Hill on the corner of, of Murray and Forbes. And a big building. And I'm all excited. I'm like. You need a sign. He's like, I got something to show you. He showed me the picture with the sign saying Vivisimo really large on the side of the building was going to be. So he was really, really attuned to get back to me as soon as he could to show the sign goes up. And a few years after that, you know, he sells the thing to IBM for a lot of money. I mean, their marketing people made a lot of money. And to me, it was just so cool to see a guy over 12 years sustainably build a company very smartly, you know, mm-hmm. not, not a whole lot of fanfare, but man, a lot of stake behind a little bit of sizzle. I guess, for lack of a better term. And so being able to report on stories like that, to me, has just been so exciting. And have Raul come on the air like this with Audrey and I to talk about what he's doing to grow the company, it's just too much fun. That's why people have been like, how come you've been there for 20 years, Kirsting? I'm like, because I, I get to have so much fun and get paid for it and have so much fun and be part of this cool thing in Pittsburgh. So for 10 years, you do that without the radio show. You then start the radio show, yep. and then you come along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So talk about hijacking. Hijack you hijacked the radio show, <laughs> Pittsburgh Tech House, and the entire region. She it. took it at gunpoint, Told man. The, entire region. <laughs> the poor guy may have said, "Hey, hey, you know it's great that you want to do radio, but like, how do I really want to work that closely with my boss?" Yes, right, because that's got to be weird. Yes, he. I spent more time with him, you know, as I was going through this whole transition with the Tech Council and all the other organizations that right. were part of it at the time. And he was like, I got to spend all this time with this chick, right? Well, you know, and a lot of people were, you know, no longer there as a result of some of the changes. Well, it's funny you say because I had people saying, you could spend more time with Audrey than anybody. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I know, I know, it's okay. <laughs> oh, I know. So they wanted like the inside scoop they would get from him. Yeah, what's going on? So anyway, the um, I think it's pretty cool. Jonathan's been pretty decent about, you know, sort of, me fading in and out of being a colleague on the show to being a boss to being, you know, someone who's helping to develop him to being critical. So you said you're 
go from being a colleague on the show to being a boss. Mm -hmm. But you also told me a story off the air that you were a boss on the show. I was a boss on the show. <laughs> this, is a good right? this is classic. So we have to hear this story. So because now, I can't imagine performance evaluations are cringeworthy yeah, under the, the best worst. of circumstances. And you did yours of Jonathan's, Jonathan's on right. the air. Right. So we had we did a performance review, um, which now the the way that we do performances reviews is constant. It's never just once a year. Yeah. Once a year, we just look at how well we performed as an organization this was, and maybe someone. Yeah, this is more this of an is, assessment yeah, of, my, of, my, was, of my management style. Right. And I took this whole test ahead of time. And then right. the, we had the gentleman on air to review what I did, and, and he gave the results. And I actually was saying to Jonathan, he's way too nice. I kept saying to him, you know, you're leading these people. You're way too nice. You've got to be tougher. And we used to go through this, you know, kind of um, – supportive exchange it was critical and i would say that to him and i would call him like dr love you know like okay dr love you gotta deal with this so the guy comes in and he's a you know he, he reports his findings and we're doing live radio at the time very live yeah. with ron morris had a station and we were doing three hours of live radio once a week and uh this guy comes in he starts talking about jonathan's profile and i think i spew out dr love like I'm laughing because it's yes. so spot on. It's so yeah. spot on to his personality, to his aversion to conflict, to wanting to be liked. It's this whole thing. Like I, I couldn't have done Dave, it. And then he says one thing. Me. And I said, Dr. Love. And I just busted out laughing so hard. I doubled over <laughs> in pain and I had ripped. Um, I busted a gut. I, my hernia popped out. I, I literally belly. think I heard a sound. And I just looked over. It was and like I, said, a I can't stand yes. up. <laughs> I can't stand up. So I was laughing so hard that, um, and then I called my doctor like that afternoon. He goes, that's why they call it splitting a gut. Like literally. So anyway, that was one of our so many you hilarious have, you're times. You're doing a performance evaluation on the air, and instead of it being uncomfortable, it's actually funny, and you actually get a hernia laugh. Yes, exactly. So Tech Vibe's kind of a contact sport sometimes. The, the guy was so spot on. It was eerie. With Jonathan. Yeah. He, his, his traits and his personal style and his aversion to conflict, and it was just so spot on. I, I, couldn't, have, I couldn't have scripted it better myself. So when we come back, Jonathan, yes. you're going to have to tell us a couple of your memories of when Audrey was I will. interesting. We can put her on the spot, and when you can tell us sometimes maybe she was off her game. I love it. Or maybe uh, maybe you got the chance to uh, <laughs> laugh at her. Absolutely. This when is we cool. come back we will for do segment that. three. I love it. We, there's more Tech Vibe Radio right in front of us. So, Dave, if people want to learn more about Mass Solutions, where can they go? MassSolutions.biz. Excellent. Learn more about Excellent. the Tech Council at pghtech.org. Go to Twitter at pghtech. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. And I'm Dave Mastovich. You are locked in. Can't do anything about it. Listen to Tech Vibe Radio tonight here on KDKA. This is Jonathan Kirshning. This is Audrey Russo. And I'm Dave Mastovich. So Dave, you've been asking us the hard questions tonight. They haven't been hard questions. They've been fun questions. We've been having a good time kind of reminiscing about the past 10 years of Tech Vibe Radio, my past 20 years at the PTC, and delving a little bit into Audrey's 10 years at the PTC, which we'll be probably jumping more into Audrey's done a lot to really change the way the tech council has been the tech council for the better in the past 10 years. So I'm so glad you're here. And just tell us real quickly about yourself and, and with Mass Solutions. And we're sure. going to give you the range of the show and you can start asking us all the questions that you want. Sure. Uh, we believe in no BS marketing, which is really integrating all the aspects of marketing. We spend a great deal of time on marketing intel and research 
segmentation and positioning and then transformative messaging all put together through then a marketing roadmap. The No BS uh, platform continues to grow. I speak uh, mostly a lot of times to CEO groups or C-suite leaders, but also at conferences. I do a keynote. I do workshops, do the podcast, which Audrey was a great guest on, and also have the weekly blog. So that's sort of how we get the word out about yep. the No BS marketing platform. And I have a full team. We're based out of uh, Gateway Towers is our corporate office, and we also have an office in the central part of the state. Love it. Clients in all kinds of industries. I come from a healthcare C-suite background and uh, also higher ed C-suite background. So initially when we started out, probably about 40% of our clients were healthcare and about 20, 25% were education. And one third has always been other, and that can be manufacturing companies. It can be professional services firms. And we deal with as large as multi-billion dollar companies all the way down to companies that do a million, million and a half in annual sales. So we're really able to work with anybody. And that's what I believe the no BS marketing philosophy is all about is that uh, no, you shouldn't only be able to do no BS marketing because of your budget. Anybody should be able to afford mm, to do like no it. BS marketing. And that's, that was my belief mm. of why I started the company. Plus you have your own shot glasses. Shot glasses. Uh, we have our own. <laughs> just saying. Our own tequila. Certain things are important in life, we and that, own, that is one of them. You we know. have our own, <laughs> our own tequila. We have our own shot glasses. We've got the hats, shirts, mugs, everything. So, yeah. Cool, man. It's, it's cool. Well, here are the keys again. Thank you. Well, what's been interesting is the last segment we got to hear the story of Audrey doing a performance evaluation on yes. the air, which is right there when you hear of all the stuff about management, Peter Drucker talking about management. Mm-hmm. Right there they say, make sure performance evals are public. Sarcasm. This was very public, yes. So, so <laughs> All seven so, of our listeners got to hear. <laughs> so she did, did the performance eval uh, on, on the air and laughed so hard whenever you had the consultant, management consultant in, and she actually got a hernia. So I want to turn the tables for you and give yeah. you a chance to tell a time when maybe – you were able to sort of poke fun at Audrey or when she did something that hey, made you kind of laugh. I never poke fun at Audrey. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Never, I could never, I don't want to do that. That's terrible. So what are you thinking? Yeah, well, I've, I think about like, you live a very, very busy lifestyle, Audrey. You being the CEO of the tech council, like honestly, I don't know how you do what you do because I feel like you do need a hologram. And many times you have to be in not just two, but three places at one time. So there are many times when you stop by the show where it's like your mind's in six places. Right. And what I love is there, this is what people don't always understand. If anyone's been a guest on our show, they will know that Audrey is very effective at multitasking, right? <laughs> I'm serious. Like, I, this, this is no BS, right? So, and, and she'll probably do this in a minute, Dave. You'll notice this. Maybe she did this on your podcast. She will just start you know, texting or emailing somebody while she's interviewing somebody, right? <laughs> so I've had guests, like, looking at me like she's, 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 not paying attention. No, she's paying full attention to you because like she'll start talking to you while she's texting, asking you a very thoughtful question. But so to me, it always kind of cracks me up to watch the expression on some of the guests face when, when Audrey starts multitasking. And so, you know, that, that, that to me is always like, I'm, I'm always amazed because I am one of those where I cannot text to save my life. Like I have to have like in front of me, like nothing else can come in my ears, but I just like, <laughs> she's been, she's been texting during this show yeah. and she did have her phone out during my show. Yes. yes. Sorry. I tried yes. not to. No, you were, you were a really fun guest. It was, was a fun show. guest. Well, yes, this, this, this goes back to the early days of Audrey. When you first started the tech house, maybe a couple years in, you had your own Squirrel Hill IT ad. You were Blackberry Eek. Oh right! Remember because, that when I was and you were like you were like biting the phone in the picture, which right. I thought was pretty dang cool. Because I mean, Audrey and her device 
I know it's sort of weird. Not separable, like at it all. It's sort of weird, and so, right? And so to me, like that's always that's always been kind of cool. So there's no one situation that yeah. jumps well, out at you. Yeah, I mean, it's like we've been doing this for so long. All I know is Any that like flub up. We've always flubbed up, and that's that's and we we, we embrace our flub up sometimes because we're just trying to be people here. We're not we're not we're never going to be overly polished. It's not about that. We want to have real conversations with people, like we're sitting around the bar. You know, was there? And you don't have to name the guest, yeah. but was there ever a guest? Because I find it unlikely, just because both of you have a personality to draw stuff out. But was there ever a guest that was almost like one word answers? Oh yeah, like, we've had that. Oh yeah, we remember had that. the folks that brought their responses. Yeah, we've had people who bring their responses, and we're like, no, we're not going to do any of that. <laughs> so <laughs> they like, were going to like read. They get ner- you know, they get nervous. They <laughs> right. just totally get nervous. They don't understand. <laughs> we like, do oh whatever we can to try to lighten yeah. things up and have fun, but. Right. There are people who take themselves pretty seriously in the work that they do, and particularly if they are someone who's working for, you know, a company where there's they brought in their marketing person to sit in the room and watch them do the radio show. Yes. We've seen that Ooh, a lot. I forgot about that. We okay, had that one incident. When they come in yeah, and they're yeah. like, oh, you know, and I'm like, like, well, why Audrey, did you come here then? It's like what happened to me with my first radio thing when we had our old CEO staring me down. Like it put me in the... Yeah. I mean, it was like the deer in the headlights. Hmm. I was yeah. like on freeze lock. I mean, that's why like that. this guy, Dave, is so good because he has great conversations and can ask, you know, some interesting questions that other people don't ask. Well, let's go to the other side of that. Okay. Have you had anyone, or probably multiple times, you've had someone that was talking a bit too much, and how'd you curtail someone you who's tell a them successful to be quiet. tech person that's going on and on? <laughs> I just say, stop talking immediately. Like, enough. It's enough. <laughs> it's enough. But, you know, here's what's interesting. If, if I think about, like, the last 20 years, I haven't lived in Pittsburgh 20 years yet. But, you know, the community has changed drastically. And I can tell you in the last 10 years, the tech community has changed drastically. Even though, for me, it's not moved fast enough and I worry about it and I think we're very, you know, we're on spindly legs and, you know, anything can jolt and uh, probably disintegrate pretty quickly. And... It, but it represents so much more of our economy now. When I started, it was like 21% of the region's payroll yeah. was uh, people who were in innovation and tech. And today, the last year, it's like 33 to 34% of the payroll. So higher paid jobs, and it's probably 28% of the actual jobs. And back then, it was like 17% or something like that. So that's in a decade. Uh-huh. And that's a nice trajectory. It's not as fast as Denver has been. It's not as dramatic as Austin has been. And those are places that, you know, I care about in terms of benchmarking. But it's certainly an amazing story to sort of be a part of trying to figure out how to lift this this economy and make sure that we are driving that innovation that solves global problems. What's the one thing that you are most proud of that was implemented by the Tech Council in the last 10 years that you feel has helped move that needle? Well, I think, I mean, there's a lot of things. There's not just one. Um, But one thing that the world might see is some of the work we've done in art and tech and the intersection of of art and creativity and innovation. And we were probably the first in the region to really talk about that across the business community. And now, fast forward, that's an institution in and of itself. And uh, Kim, who runs that, is now taking that to the next level and is asked to speak all over the country. And, you know, people are tr- trying to understand how that's being done. So we do some research on, you know, what, who are the creative 
who are the creatives, where do they live, what do we need to do to build their economy, that part. Um, I'm proud of doing this radio show. I'm proud that the TEQ is still, you know, Print going still strong, matters. Going Print strong. still yeah. matters. Yes. Well, it's, yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's just having those kinds of stories. Um, I think that uh, we, it's amazing that we still have Tech 50, you know, every year. And it becomes a bigger and bigger event where the people can feel pretty proud about what's happening here across the region. Um, we're known as thought leaders, you know, very often when anything, any issue that sort of affects the region positively or negatively, we're always asked, you know, what do you think? Why? What are some of the, you know, what the impediments, what are the opportunities? And that can be from anything of the pros and cons of Uber, the pros and cons of Google, you know, this whole thing about what happens when these big companies come into our arena and what does it mean in terms of their domino effect across the ecosystem. So now you have 10 years in, what's the biggest challenge that you'd want your listeners to know that will have to be overcome over the next 10 right. years so that we can be even in a better place right. 10 years from now? Well, one of the things that keeps me up a lot is this population, population increasing. And we have not had that in Pittsburgh. We had, we've had it flat, and then the last two years it's dropped. Now, there's lots of reasons for that, but I don't really care. You know, I don't care if we're saying, well, we have a lot of people who are older, a lot of people who move here and are younger and not having kids. We're having, it doesn't matter. You have to be in a growth mode. You can't be down 9,000 people. You can't be down, you know, it doesn't matter if they live in Allegheny County or the city. It matters that we're growing, uh -huh. okay? And that's not really happening. Even though, you know, Jonathan and I would tell you, and you would know, look at all the traffic. Look at all, you know, look at all the flights. The airport's been amazing in terms of trying to address the importance of direct flights and, you know, getting more people here and out of here because that matters to, the, to people who have money and want to travel and, and, you know, aren't from this area. So population is what really concerns me. The second thing is, is making sure that we can be ahead of not leaving be people behind. We have an opportunity here that other cities missed out on. And what we missed out on is, they missed out on is creating the rich and creating the poor. And the, you go to San Francisco and you go to New York and the middle class has really disappeared. Pittsburgh has an opportunity to figure that out. And we need to figure that out through very clever ways of training. Very cool. We're going to talk more about that when we come back after this break. we got Dave Mastovich here helping us out from Mass Solutions. Thanks for interviewing us tonight, man. This is kind of fun. Great. Enjoying it. Absolutely. Good, good stuff. We're taking a quick break. We're coming right back. This is Jonathan Kirsting. Audrey Russo. Dave Mastovich. Learn more, learn more about the Pittsburgh Technology Council by going to pghtech.org and then follow us on Twitter at pghtech. Be right back. I swear. Thanks for keeping your dial tuned right here to Tech Vibe Radio. It's our last segment. I'm kind of depressed. It's way too much fun. I so know. great to have Dave on our Show. Can we do another hour, Audrey? Please, please, please. Dave, can do another hour? I'll Come glad, on. I'll gladly do another hour. <laughs> I don't know if Katie K will let us do another hour, but we got about 15 minutes left. And Dave, I'm so glad you're hanging out with us tonight. Just remind everyone, Dave Mastovich from Mass Solutions, doing all the interviewing today. I love it. Well, I want to go down the path of the fact that Tech Vibe Radio is a guest-focused show. In other words, it's not about the host. It's not about a topic. It's not about... Uh, you know, politics and mm -hmm. rambling and rants and so forth. So it's a guest-based show. Yep. Let's talk about that a little bit and talk about the sheer volume of guests that you've had and then turn to you, Audrey, and we'll ask about the philosophy behind 
selecting guests and mm-hmm. trying to promote guests. So, Jonathan, about how many yeah. guests have you had in 20 years? So this is what? So we, in 10 years. Yeah, so in 10, 10, years, years, 10, years, 10 years that we've been doing the show. And this is kind of blowing my mind because every every uh, Monday morning, for the most part, if, if files are provided to me, I post them up on good old talk show, a little Pittsburgh company. That was actually, Dave Nelson. Dave Nelson, absolutely, from back He's been the, a guest on your show and mine. Absolutely. Dave's a good dude. We love him. And so I post the shows up onto talk show, which then sends them out to iTunes and to Stitcher and all the other great places where people – download the show and i've posted more than 1300 interviews uh that go back almost 10 years i don't have like the first year and a half worth on there so you, you add those onto it and we've 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 talked to pretty much everybody in pittsburgh's tech sector i think which to me is just so cool that we've actually been this kind of record as to what's happened in pittsburgh over the past 10 years with our tech industry and in, in the past 10 years the industry has really kind of been finding its legs so i feel like we've been there to document it and, and talk to, it's not just the companies, but it's the people behind the companies. I think that's what makes the show so much fun is there's people behind these companies, very passionate men and women that really throw themselves into these companies. And, and we love having the ability to talk to it's them. It's also important that it's a different type of show because it's not a gotcha type show when no somebody right. interviews you and tries right. to talk about that you. and your philosophy right. about that, right. Audrey. And I do want to say something, though. I do rant on the show. I mean, I try to at least every other week. Something around whether it's the technology ecosystem or yes. it's some political issue that I think matters. But they're to positive. They're the positive issue. rants. They're positive rants. Sometimes. Mostly. Sometimes. Eighty-five percent. Like, why aren't there women in leadership? <laughs> yeah. And you know right. what's happening in STEM and things like that. So back to your question. Um, no, I remember the first time I was on Ron Morris's show. And that was right as we began to do radio. We decided we were going to do live radio. But he had me on the show. I couldn't have been in the job a few months. And he immediately was was just digging into me like, you know, your closet doesn't look like the closet of your predecessor, meaning you have women's clothes in your closet. Uh-huh. He was a man. And, you know, he's trying to, like, trip me up. And he couldn't. But it was sort of like, really? Uh-huh. Really, dude? Now, Ron and I became friends after that. But... That was sort of his way of trying to be a little bit of a truth seeker and, you know, an antagonist to try to, he was saying, to rise the tides. But it was, uh, you know, to me that wasn't necessary. It wasn't particularly topical. It was more like, why'd they hire you? Uh And with your other guests, you also give them a forum. You give them a chance to talk. Right. So it's not about gotcha. It's not right. about it's sound not. bites. No. They're able to actually... Well, it's really about storytelling and the narrative. And I think that's the thing that I love about marketing, like in the work that you do and the work that Jonathan does, is really capturing the stories because today everything gets, you know, turns into a snippet. And the any opportunity we can sort of have people connect with the problem people are trying to solve, the way that they're helping and how this is additive to the ecosystem and letting Pittsburgh know and the world, that's really what we want to do. When we first started doing the radio show, we were really saying, I was saying, I'm tired of my neighbors going, huh, there's really tech in this town? Are you serious? How do you have a job? People do this? And now you don't have that, right? You don't have people walking around saying, oh, we don't know about X, Y, and Z. And, and I like to feel that we were a part of that. Of cons- and, we, and you can't ever stop that, too. And any chance that people can get their heads out of the sand in terms of their work and lifting it up and telling the world about what they're doing is only helpful to them as well. 
So that's really the premise of the work that we do. And listen, we laugh a lot. I do make fun of people. I mean, it's not like I allow everyone to take themselves so seriously. I always put That is fun. true. You're good at for the couple I'm little, always couple throwing jazz. a ringer in it like, really? <laughs> like, huh? You know, it doesn't matter if they're, you know, working on, you know, some sort of chromosomal mutation or they're working on artificial intelligence or robots or whatever. I'm always trying to figure out because that's the levity that people will connect with. One piece of levity we've always had in 10 years has been my ever long pursuit of building a robotic nacho arm. Yeah. We had a vision because he is <laughs> his OCD prohibits him from actually going in and dipping into a nacho. So we thought he could get a hermetically sealed nacho arm. Like someone serves you an order of nachos <laughs> like at the ballpark. You don't want any people's greasy hands yeah. touching your nachos. Here's the deal. That's his issue. He's <laughs> trying to solve it. Just saying, trying to man, help just him. Saying. But you know what I'm saying? We would have, trying we, to we go have, there. We'd have conversations about it, just completely yeah, joking, but people thought we were absolutely serious, and it's like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> we to, well, when Tech Shop first opened up, we yes. were determined to go over there and, and build our robotic uh, nacho arm. Yes. When you talk about your rants, Audrey, was there a rant or two or three that you remember that actually became somewhat controversial that after you did the rant, you heard some feedback like opposing it and that it led you to maybe have to follow up the next meeting, a next no. show, I should say? Well, no, I would say the one that becomes repetitive is more about women in leadership. And that's one where I've been accused of not helping move the needle. You know, it's so funny when you begin to rant about something, then everyone thinks, well, then you're going to solve it, right? And I do whatever I can to try to solve it. But right. there have been people who have said, She's not done enough to help solve that and help other women along. And I take deep offense to that. I help all people along that are ready to be taken along. Uh You know, I mean, my biggest disability is I may have bigger dreams for you than you have for yourself. (laughs) That's exactly it. So, you know, I mean, if you don't have those dreams yourself, it might be tough for me to help you, right? Well, it's your 10th anniversary of the show, but I am going to put you on the spot because it's so topical right now with the Google issue on the diversity or lack right, thereof and right. the 10-page memo and right, right, getting right. leaked and getting fired mm-hmm, and right, so forth. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think, you know, it's so interesting because I worked in corporate America, right? I come out of working for a company called Reynolds Metals. I work for Alcoa. You know, I've done consulting for big companies, but I was inside the throes of, of corporate America for about 13 years. And there are very strict rules for a publicly held company in terms of integrity and your values and not just what you post, but sort of adherence to the law and compliance with, you know, ADA. I think that what Google did and and tried to wrestle with is really about who they are as a company. They weren't trying to squelch a voice. They were trying to say that we're wrestling with representing a world of diverse people. And if we don't have those values inside, then how are we ever going to get there? And I think that's really what it was more about. The other thing is it became leakage. I mean, it became so rampant and viral and leaking that, you know, many ways, you know, leakage distorts Uh from the Uh truth, the source of the truth. And I do know that there's going to be some, you know, quote unquote, you know, picketing and demonstrations against Google. But I would say that when you work for a company, you're, you're, what you write on their time and when you use their computer, and you know, you, it's not yours. And you know that when you go in to, to sign up for it. 
And, you know, Google's trying to say, you know, do no evil. That has been that. And, and the bigger you get, the trickier it is. Uh -huh. So I'm, you know, I think that when you sign up for a company and if you came to work for me and I found that you were saying those kinds of things, you wouldn't last. That's not the values that we have. Am I opposed to free speech? Absolutely not. Do I think that there's a, you know, a variety of people who have different perspectives? Absolutely. But as a company, here are the things that we stand for and that we value. And if that becomes something toxic and detrimental inside your company, that's problematic. Jonathan, what about from your standpoint with the content that you've created, the radio show for 10 years, but even mm -hmm. beyond? Yeah. Is there anything that sticks out from your standpoint as either particularly memorable, led to some controversy, or maybe you missed something you regret? You said, ah, I wish I could hit that topic earlier because... Then it hit big, and I would have been earlier on the forefront of it. Anything like that? That uh, from a content standpoint, I've never felt like I was like left in the dust by anything. I've always, I've always taken pride that we will talk to people before the regular media. We'll right. talk to people, right. and I think one of the things that that really makes me smile right. was interviewing Glenn Meekum when he was part of Free Markets. This was back in like I think 1998. And I think he was hiring like his 30th employee at the time. And I got a press release that they were, you know, reached mm -hmm. this milestone in hiring. And we wrote a feature about it because we're like, that's cool. Remember company? They hired the 30th employee. They got this really cool technology that's awesome. going to reverse the, the internet auctions for, 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 for commodities and so forth. Like this is, this is fantastic stuff. And people used to laugh at us sometimes like, oh, you're right about these little companies. They're not going to go anywhere and do anything. Well, last time I remember it, I think it was like two years later, they IPO'd for like $3 billion. And so, and, you know, that's <laughs> a great point because people do appreciate us telling the stories before they're like press released, you know, where there's some exactly. live kind of. Yeah. We'll know about investment early on. We'll know exactly about hiring. We'll know about their customers. Yeah. And very often people will go, oh, I'm not ready to talk about it. I'm not ready. You know, so we'll help shape it so and, that and they can like, say it right. in a sound. And when you're ready, come to us and we'll help you be that platform to right. get the first splash. Luckily, um, you know, I've seen the media landscape change where now tech reporting is a usual thing, which is fantastic. Sometimes I get a little sore about it. like, no, we were the only ones who reported on tech. But no, I'm no, very happy that good. everyone's reporting it's on good. tech. Yeah. But I still like to say that, you know, we would write, we would write about companies or put people on the air way before – you know, the regular me would say that you're doing anything newsworthy to me. You started a company, you're doing something to me. That's very newsworthy. You're putting some skin in the game. You're taking a risk. So I love it. What's your plan for the show for the next 10 years so that it stays fresh over the yeah. next 10 yeah. years and continues to grow its listenership yeah. base? Well, we got about a minute left, and Audrey and I had mentioned, uh, Audrey's idea, we want to get some more national-level people mm -hmm. to stop by the show just to kind of bring some bigger insight in. But we always want to have that little Pittsburgh flair to us if at all possible, but get some bigger names out there as well, too. They're doing mm -hmm. cool things in the tech sector. Good. Cool. Well, this has been exciting. Way cool. I want to congratulate you on 10 years of Tech Vibe Radio, 10 years of being the CEO of the Pittsburgh Tech Council, Audrey, 20 years Thank you. of being at Pittsburgh Tech Council, yeah. Jonathan. It's Crazy. been great. I'm honored that you asked me yeah. to be a part of this We're special thrilled. occasion. It yeah. was a lot of fun. We're so glad you're able to do it, Dave. Once again, your website, people can learn more about you. MassSolutions.biz, B-I-Z. It's all about no BS marketing. Any company can do no BS marketing. They can do real marketing. Find out more. Check out my show, No BS Marketing, on the podcast. Perfect. And learn more about the Tech Council, pghtech.org. Have an awesome weekend. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.